Kiddushin Daf Samach Aleph, the last thing we're discussing was a person who's Mekadesh, a woman on condition that he has money, that he has a piece of land. He, she's Mekadesh if he does have. And if he said on condition that he shows it to her, again, he has to own the land. And with that, we're going to start Samach Amodibet. Last three words on the page where it says Gabehe Kadesh Tanan. So the question is if a person said, on, uh, you're Mekudesh to me on condition I have a bed Kurafar, and he has a land, but it's full of rocks, stones, and with the rocks and stones, it'll equal up to a bed Kur. So first, we're going to bring up something in regards to Hekdesh, when someone's Makdish, uh, a land to the Beta Mikdash. So, Gabe Hekdesh Tanan, HaMakdish Sadehu B'Sha'at Ayovel. If someone was Makdish, his family lands, land belonged to his father, grandfather, going back uh, as, as far as can be. If he was Makdish, that land, B'Sha'at Ayovel, during the time of the Ovel, Noten Bezera Chome Seorim. If he has an area where you could get a core of Seori, of barley, then you have to pay to the Hekdesh a standard Hamishim Shekel Kesef, 50 silver coins. By the way, if it was any other piece of land, then we go by what it's actually worth. The Torah set a set number for a family plot. Now, if there was holes or there was rocks that are deeper or taller than 10 Tefahim, it's not part of that area. Rather, it's considered its own piece of land. Now, if it's less than 10, then you could measure it with the land. It's considered part of the land. And we asked a question over there. Listen, if it's not part of the land, let's say it's deeper than 10 or it's taller than 10. It's not part of the land, but it should be considered kadosh on its own and you would have to redeem it on its own for whatever it's worth. Even if you want to say, listen, if it's not a bit core, if it's not that big, then it's not important and we're not measuring it. It's not even part of the, the Hekdesh. But if you're going to say that, or mean who, we have a Braita. It says, What need the word Misede? I could just say, From his uh, property. What's a Sade? From his field property. Why do you have to say that? The fish in Emar Zera Homer Seorim Bahamishim. It says an area that brings out a Homer Seorim for fifty. And the Elashik Dish Banyanaze, that's only if it's that big. Minlain Lerabot, how do I know that even if you were Makdish, a letech, which is half a core, a Bahatsi letech, or half of a letech, so it's a quarter of a core, Sea Tarkav, a Sea Tarkav is half a Sea, Bahatsi Tarkav, a Filurova, even if it's a quarter of a Kav. Even much smaller sizes. As long as it's a field, then you then it's considered kadosh, and you would have to redeem it. So now, if that's the case, when someone was makdisha land and there's boulders that are bigger than ten, holes that are a bit, uh, deeper than ten, they should be considered kadosh on their own. So Amar Maskinan. Over here we're talking about holes that are full of water. Mishum Delav Ben you can't plant over there. That kind of me. And if you pay attention, it says it. The katan dumyadis laim gevoim has to be like these big rocks. You can't do anything on these big rocks. Shmamina. And therefore they're not part of the Hekdesh. So the Gma says, Yahi, if we're talking about holes full of water, a filupahot mikanami, then even less than ten tefahim should also be Kadosh. So the Gemara explains, Hanhu, when you have a hole that's less than 10 tefahim deep, Nagne de'ara'a mikru. 
their watering holes, their buckets of the land. Shidra de Aramikru, these big boulders that are less than Tentafahim, they're considered the spine of the land, meaning they're part of the land, therefore it's Kadosh with it. Now, bottom line, what we learned from all that was as follows, that if there's an area that is ten tefahim deep or ten tefahim high, it's not part of the land. So gabe mecher tenan, and in regards to selling, we learned how mele chaviro bet kor afar ani mocher lecha from selling you a bet kor size of land. Vayusham nekaim amukim asra tefahim or selaim givoim asra tefahim. And over there, there was holes that are deeper than 10, uh, rocks bigger than 10. You don't measure it with the land, and you have to give them an area, you have to give them extra area. If it's less than 10 tefahim deep or 10 tefahim tall, you measure it with it altogether. Even if they're not full of water, they are still not measured. Why? Because it's very simple. A person doesn't want to pay for land and it looks like two, three different lands. He wants to buy one big land. When there's rocks here bigger than 10, or there's holes over here big, uh, deeper than 10, it doesn't look like one land. Now, bottom line is we saw in regards to the Hekdesh, if it's full of water and it's not uh, in a land that's uh, plantable. Mm-hmm. And by selling, it doesn't make a difference. Even if it was plantable, it just it's not, it's not part of the sale. However, hacha over here by Kiddushin, my, what would be the halacha if he says, Mekadesher, I have a bit core of Afar, but there's rocks and holes over there, the Hekadesh medaminan la, do we say it's like a Hekadesh, or the Mecher medaminan la, or is it like a sail? Meaning, by a Kadesh, as long as it has something to do with the land, even if it's a deep uh, hole and it's a, and and has water inside, it's part of the land. And by a sail, it, it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't look like one big land. So, which one is it like? So, Gemara explains, Mr. It makes sense to say it's like a Kadesh de Amar La, because the presence of a Kadesh woman, this is how I plant the land. I don't care if there's uh, rocks over here or holes. That's my business. This is an area of two, uh, of a core, and it's my area, and I could do uh, whatever I want with it. That's none of your business. As long as this is an area that's that big, we're make, uh, we're, you're Mekudesh to me. So the next sugiya is the famous, the condition sugiya. The source to all mahlokets regarding conditions comes from this sugiya over here. The place in the Torah we learn the rules of condition is from the children of Reuven, Gad, and half of Menashe, who had so much uh, children and flock, and they couldn't live in Eretz Yisrael with everybody else, and they needed an area across the Jordan River. And the deal between Moshe and these three, these two and a half Shevatim was, if you go to war ahead of your brothers, then you will get that piece of land. And if you don't, you're not going to get that piece of land. And there's few things that the Hachamim learned from here. Number one is that the positive always has to be the negative. If you go, then you will get. And if you don't go, then you won't get. Also, the condition has to be before the action. If you go, then you will get. And if you don't go, you won't get. That's the way Rashi understands uh, the, the Mishnah. The Ran and the Ritba also explain that there's two more dinim. Number one, that the condition has to be in one thing and the action has to be in, in a different thing. And number two is that a messenger could do this action for the person. And we'll start the Mishnah. Rabbi Meir Omer.
כל תנאי שאינו כתנאי בני גד ובני ראובן אינו תנאי. Any condition that has not been doubled like the condition of God and Bener Oven does not count as a, as a condition. If you do this, you'll get that. And if you don't do this, you won't get that. If they go with you to war, then you give them that land over there on the other side of the Jordan. And right after that says, If they don't go ahead of everyone, and the fact that Moshe had to double, you learn over here that you have to double every condition. Now, another famous machloket is what uh, Rabbi Meir said over here. Is that going against the other Mishnayot we mentioned up until now? Do the other Mishnayot hold that you don't have to double your condition? And Rabbi Meir comes to argue on all the other Mishnayot. And that's what the Ramban holds, that Rabbi Meir over here is coming to argue on everything we learned up until now. However, Tosfot Rihazaken explains... That the other Mishnah also hold like Rabbi Meir. They could technically agree with Rabbi Meir. They just didn't want to discuss it until the end. Meaning, and now in this Mishnah, they're mentioning it. So that's Rabbi Meir. He holds you have to double a uh, condition. Now, Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel Omer, you know, he argues, he holds you don't need to double a condition. Rashi explains that the, that the only thing he's arguing about is in regards to doubling the condition. Tosfot says, no, he's arguing about everything else also. But either way, Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel Omer, it does not need to be doubled. Now, the reason over here it's doubled, over here there's a Hidush. You have to tell them, and if you don't go, why? Because I would have thought if they don't go out of everyone, they won't even get a part in Eretz Israel, in Eretz Kenan, the, the part that everyone else got. That's why you need to mention, oh, listen, if you go ahead of everyone, you'll get your area. If not, then you won't get your area, but you'll still get uh, the Eretz Kenan area. Now, the Gemara starts, Shapir Kava, the Rabbi Hanina bin Gamliel, Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Hanina bin Gamliel spoke well against the Rabbi Meir, meaning he's, he's saying that you don't need it to double a condition, and over here was different. would respond, if you're trying to tell me that it's not coming to teach me that you have to double a condition, then then just say, and if they don't go, they'll get the, they'll just you know live in between you. Why do you need those extra words? It's coming to give me a chidush that you need to double a condition. Meaning Rabbi Meir holds, just by telling me the positive side of the condition, I don't automatically learn the negative side of the condition. And the way Rashi explains Rabbi Meir is, maybe they would automatically get their part in the Ayavra Hayadin, the other side of the Jordan River, whether they went ahead or not, meaning I never would alert that, oh, if you don't go, you're not going to get that land. And that's why it needed to be doubled. Rabbi Hanina bin Gamliel, he'll tell you, why do you need the word, why the extra word, Eretz Kenan? Because if not for the, those words, I would have thought, I would have thought they would have lived in between you in Eretz Kilad on the other side of the Jordan River, but not in Eretz Kenan. You won't be able to get the Eretz Kenan area like everybody else because you didn't help uh, fight. And that's why you have the words Eretz Kenan to come tell you that if you they didn't go ahead of everybody else, they still get their part in Eretz Kenan. 
Rabbi Meir, he'll tell you that when it says Betochechem, the Pasuk says Venochazu Betochechem, Beretz Kenan, it says Betochechem, the Hidush is Kol Hechadit Lechum Mashma. Wherever you have land, even Eretz Kenan, they'll get land also. And that's why you need the Eretz Kenan to tell me that you're not going to get an Eretz Kenan more than everybody else. Maybe you'll have to split it with everybody else. Now the Gemara wants to go into Rabbi Hanina. Tanya Amar Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel. Mashal lema davar dome. What's this like? What's this parable to? Le'adam shayam ha'lek nechasav le'banav. A person is giving out as inheritance his assets to his children, and Amar and he said, Ploni beni girash sade plonit. My first son, he's going to get this field, uh, field A. Uploni beni girash sade plonit, and the second son is going to get the second land. Uploni beni ten matayim zuz veirash sade plonit, and the third son will pay two hundred zuz, and he'll get the third land. And if he doesn't give that extra money, then he's going to split uh, the, his uh, assets with everybody else. Now, what caused this child, this third child, to get to, with everybody else? I Meaning, just in case he doesn't give his 200, he'll still get a piece of the other lands. That's the fact that the father repeated that if he doesn't give, he'll be with everybody else. Meaning, if I if he didn't t- mention that last part, I would have thought he would not have gotten anything. And same idea over here with the other Shevatim, they're like the other brothers. And Bene Gad and Bene Ruven and Hefeminashe are like that third brother. They're going out to war. War first is like the brother giving 200 zoos. And the same way, the, the, if you don't give 200 zoos, you won't get for that third land. Moshe said, if you don't go ahead of everyone, you're not you're going to be part of everyone else. And without Moshe's doubling of the condition, they would not have gotten anything in Eretz Canaan. They would have gotten a regular area in Yarden, but that's it. Nothing nothing bigger than anyone else. But the Gemara doesn't like that comparison because because the Mashal is not like the Mishnah. Because it says in the Mishnah, I would have thought they would not have gotten anything, not even Eretz Kenan. Alma, what I understand from Afilu Beretz Kenan, it sounds like they wouldn't have gotten anything. Rather, it sounds like the doubling helped them get the regular and the, the extra part. What caused him to be able to get uh, the, the regular assets with everybody else? The fact that the father doubled the condition. It sounds like the doubling is coming for the other things. Meaning he would have gotten that extra piece no matter what, just uh, he would have got a normal size, not extra. So the Gemara explains, La Kasha. Our Mishnah is before the whole back and forth where Rabbi Meir said, Why do you need Eretz Kenan? It could have just said, and Rabbi Hanina understood from Rabbi Meir that the entire Pasuk was needed to tell me that you have to double the condition. And then I would have automatically learned from a positive, I would have automatically learned the negative side. And that's why in our Mishnah, originally we wanted to say that it sounded like they wouldn't even get anything in Eretz Kenan. 
And over here, ha, over here in our Brayta, it's after Rabbi Meir explained the whole Venu Chazu Betochechem Beretz Kenan. And Rabbi Hanina already understood that according to Rabbi Meir, Bener, Uven, God, and half of Menashe would have lost everything if not for Moshe doubling his condition. And the question over here is that Rabbi Meir learned that you need a double condition from the word Eretz Kenan. And that's why Rabbi Hanina explained to him, if not for the word Eretz Kenan, I would have thought Venu Hazu Betochechem is only talking about Gilad and not Eretz Kenan. And then they would not have gotten anything in Eretz Kenan. So now, Bishlam al Rabbi Meir, I understand according to Rabbi Meir, Hainu Dichtiv Imtetiv Se'et. If, uh, Kain, if you do well, then you'll get rewarded. Ve'im lotetiv, and if you don't do well, lapeta hatat rovetz. And if you're not good, you'll have punishment waiting for you at the door. Again, Rabbi Meir holds that from the positive, I do not understand the negative. I don't automatically understand the negative, and therefore it has to be explicitly explained to me. According to Rabbi Hanina, all I need is if you're good, you'll get rewarded, and I'll understand if I if I don't uh, if I don't do well, I'm not going to get rewarded. So so the Gemara explains because I would thought im tetiv agra. If you do good, you'll get rewarded. Im lo tetiv lo agra v'lodina. And if you're not good, maybe you won't get you get rewarded, but on the other hand, you won't get uh, punished either. Kamash malan. That's why it says that if you don't do well, you'll get punished. That's where behind Okay, so Bishlam Adar Bimir, I understand the quantum Bimir. Now I understand what Abraham told Eliezer when he sent him to go get a wife for Yitzhak. If she if she wants to, to come, great. If she doesn't want to come, then you shall be cleaned from my swear. And I understand the quantum Bimir, you need both. You need to tell him you, uh, if she listens, great. And if she doesn't listen, then you're clean. Why don't I need that second part? I could figure it out on my own. So the explains, it's the rich, no, Rabbi Hanina would tell you, I needed why I would have thought, if she is okay with it, and her family is not okay with it, bring her by force. Don't ask the parents, don't ask the brother, just bring the girl, Kamash Malan. That's why the Pasuk is coming to tell me that you are clean from my, from my swear. The Hidush is that it also depends on her family. Now it says, If the woman doesn't want to come, then you're clean. Why do you need that part? It already says, if they don't give you the girl, you're clean. So the Gemara explains, it's I still need it. I mean, I would have thought, they're good with it, but the, the girl is not okay with it. Maybe bring the girl by force, that he's clean from the swear. So the command now goes to a third place. Bishlam understand why it says in Parashat Bihukotai. If you li- if you listen to my mitzvot, you'll get rewarded. If not, you get punished. Why I should be able to figure it out on my own. If you don't do uh, the mitzvot, you'll get uh, you won't get rewarded. So he explains. It's trich, I need it. Why? So I mean, I would have thought if you hate my mitzvot, no bracha, no curse. Kamash ma'ala. The hidush is 
that there will be a curse. So now the Gemara goes to a fourth place. If you follow the rules and you listen to Hashem, and you'll get, and you'll get the best fruits of the land. And if you don't listen to Hashem, you'll eat the sword. You know, meaning you'll get punished with wars. Why don't you need that? I can figure it out on my own. It's tarikh, I need it. I would have thought, Im tova. If you listen, good. If you don't listen, you wouldn't get not good, not bad. That you'll get war. And the Gemara asks, What does that mean? You're going to eat a sword. You would get thick salt, you would get hard barley bread, and you would get onion. That's what the Pasuk meant when it said you'll eat a sword. De Amar Mor Pat Purni Hareva Bemelahobsalim Kashim Laguf Kaharavot. Like we learned that a big bread that that is baked in a big oven that is dry, and if you put it in thick salt with onions, is bad for the body like swords. And we'll continue asking on Rabbi Mir and Rabbi Hanina, but we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Naolam Amen Ve Amen.